Hi, welcome to our podcast. This is why we're all depressed. And um, today we're going to be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and the protest and shit that's been going on in terms of police brutality and stuff. And we'll be like looking through the concept in the intro and then like trying to look at the different viewpoints of um, the rights and stuff like that. Alright, first, we're going to mainly talk about how the movement is centered around police brutality towards people of black minority who have been historically abused by those in power. And um, I feel like in terms of the movement, we should just take a second to give a disclaimer about how um, we're not really doing this from a black perspective since neither of us are black individuals, but as people of color, we have, um, once again, the tiniest bit of insight into the problem. Uh, that black people may face in terms of racism, but once again, it's like nowhere near, like, it's not even 5% of the discrimination that black individuals face, particularly in the way that um, this racist system has been built. And um, I think also in terms of the protest, we should talk about the main main points that the protesters are advocating for, since um, I'm not sure how common knowledge that is. And the main points that they're talking about is, like, the demilitarization of local law enforcement, um, form of criminal justice reforms that erase the records of people of color incarcerated for nonviolent drug charges, while um, people who are typically white entrepreneurs or other white people involved in um, things like marijuana and similar drug offenses. And then they're also advocating for policies that end the de facto housing and educational segregation based off of race and income, as well as economic investments to provide living wage and jobs to the working class and communities of color, which don't really exist as of now, as well as a seat at the table um, of policymaking to ensure that all of these policies are actually being able to put into action. I think we're going to cover, like, all these different topics on, like, separate episodes, because, like, those are all, all, like, pretty big topics. Yeah, I mean, um, they're all pretty substantial topics. Now we're going to talk about, in terms of rioting, what's happening. Um, so, the first thing that we, we should probably get in context is the timeline. So basically, uh, George Floyd died on Monday, and by Tuesday, the first protests have begun. By Thursday, uh, there were so many riots and like looting and violence that the National Guard was called. Yeah, and um, many places see that like the riots began. Peace, um. The actual riots began after police and law enforcement started reacting to peaceful protests with more violence than um, needed. And they used things like rubber bullets and tear gas, which had been shown in other circumstances to not be precedented. So you see that in other circumstances, such as the um, whole BS movement a bit ago against, uh, what's it called, the stay-at-home orders. Like, you saw that those similar measures weren't being used against those um, non, that non-minority-based protests. And you mm-hmm. also see, um, you know, the protests in support of the Second Amendment and um, similar organizations, where they're literally, like, a bunch of people going around walking with fucking guns blazing, right? You see people carrying around guns, and the police still don't respond to the same... Um, they still don't respond in the same way to those things. They're literally usually off to the sideline um, watching instead of using tear gas and rubber bullets, even though the protesters are fucking armed and stuff, right? And that's typically because those are non-minority-based protests 
while the um, Black Lives Matter ones are, of course, uh, minority-based protests. Mm-hmm. In many places, such as Minnesota, the looting and the riots have been credited by officials to people other than the protesters. Uh, for example, in the case of Minnesota, main looting happened to like targets throughout the state, which have been financially supporting the police department. And uh, in some cases, they not even allow protesters to come in and get like stuff. I think they get milk, was it, uh, in order to like leave tear gas, which have been, been which they have been subjected to immorally. A lot of uh, states also have. Um officials crediting those looms and the main violent acts to um, white supremacists and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, and I think um, the fact that people still are tending to group the more violent um, looters or the more violent rioters to the protesters is kind of dumb, you know? Yes, exactly. Like, there's some people who just want to see the world burn down, take advantage of these situations. Literally, I mean, yes. Yeah. Just, you know, hate how that happens. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always two sides to everything, I guess. Now we're going to talk about examples and the domino effects of police brutality. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is George Floyd. He is definitely one of the most recent uh, deaths at the hands of police brutality. Um, if you don't know already, which uh, I find it rare because he's been on the news like pretty recently, um, George Floyd died at the hands of a police officer in Minnesota uh, who repeatedly kneeled on his neck after George Floyd begged for air. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, like, unconscious for, like, a lot before he died, too. Mm-hmm. Stupid. The next one we're going to talk about is Amy Cooper. She is actually not a member of the Black community, but she was uh, involved with a member of the Black community, if that's like the correct saying. So basically what happened was that Amy Cooper was in a dog park. She was walking her dog, and in a region of the park where dogs were supposed to be leashed, she didn't have her dog leashed so a black man started recording her and telling her to like you know get in line leash your dog you know everyone's supposed to follow the rules there yeah Mm -hmm. um but like amy cooper evidently um for some reason felt threatened enough by this black man that she called the cops on him uh which is kind of I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking, but I find that kind of stupid. Cause, you know, like, police are supposed to, like, be protecting everyone and supposed to be upholding the law. And, but she evidently thought that this black man would be scared of the place enough that he would, like, just drop it and just leave her alone. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's, Amy Cooper's a prime example of, like, the spillover of police brutality and how it impacts more than just, um, just straight up brutality itself because you see people like Amy Cooper who are at racist tendencies and you see them getting yet another weapon from police brutality that they can use against people of color especially black individuals because mm-hmm. they know that black like the, she knew that the black man was afraid of the police and she pretty much just used calling the police as a threat um, against his life and she name dropped the fact that he was black she knew that would also affect the police officer Exactly. Like, 
As a white woman, Amy Cooper knew the police would be on her side, and it was just kind of, you know, disgusting. Yeah, especially when it's like the weapons that, uh, or the police, when she uses something that's supposed to be helping people, and she actually starts using that as a weapon against the same people who's supposed to be helping. Like, isn't the hideous reversal part ever, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of dumb as hell. Yep. Next, we're going to talk about Breonna Taylor. She was a black woman who was shot and killed in her home after, like, on the premise that, like, the police did not have her permission to come into her home. So they were actually trespassing, and then they, like, shot and killed her, which is kind of just, I don't even have words for it, because if you're in your own home and you can be shot and killed by the police, it's just there's no words for it, actually. It's like, I have no words for this. Yeah, she was shot eight times or something. Like, it wasn't even just one fatal shot. She was shot multiple times. Next, we're going to talk about Armand Arbery. He was a black man who was hunted down, literally hunted down like an animal while on a jog. And, like, he was not doing anything intimidating. He did not have any weapon on him. Like, he was not, like in any way acting violently, yet he was still hunted out and killed on his jog. So it was kind of the extent to which police brutality is like happening. Yeah, and I'm I'm like I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that um the people who did that that they're not in jail or something. Next we're gonna talk about the Miami Chief of Police, Headley, which who famously stated the words uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. You might be familiar with these with these words, as President Trump also said the same words in a tweet. Uh, I I can't remember when, but I think it was like on Tuesday. He said that he's basically he said he was gonna get the military in to stop the uh, looting and the rioting. And some of you might not know the history behind these words. But uh, it is basically a response to civil rights movements back in 1967. Uh, the Miami Chief of Police, he like basically grouped protesting, like with civil rights protesting, which is what's happening, uh, was rioting and looting, which is obviously not the same thing. And he basically expected people to be shot and killed because he thought they were like looting. And this level of ignorance kind of irks me that, like, even today, our president is still saying the same words uh, without any knowledge. I don't know if he knows the history of these words or what, but, like, the fact that... I feel like they're way too... Okay, first of all, he he has, like, two brain cells, but I'm sure he can put them together enough to, like, Google what he says before publishing it to the entire fucking country, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm sure that he was able to, like, know the history behind it because it's pretty well known on the internet, the history behind it, right? So I guess on top of that, not only is it something that has racist tendencies, but he, like, almost published it knowing it it would have racist underlings to it and it had racist history. In in addition, like, these words are, like, increasing, like, like, the tendency toward violence, I feel like. Which is why Twitter oh, marked yeah. it as glorifying violence and like added viewer discussion sitting on top of it, and like you know yeah no definitely I don't I don't really think like public figures is, like should 
say things as blatantly as Trump is doing right now, maybe like yeah, check I your mean, sources before you do it. Like, oh no, but maybe he did check his sources. Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing going into it, right? Like, he's stupid, but there's no way anybody's that stupid. Like, I'm pretty sure a newborn fetus feels like that's not how you're supposed to run it, actually, yeah. right? But, I mean, let's so you're clear of Trump's stupidity because that could take, like, three hours Yes, to yes, go we're over. definitely off topic and right let's now. let's go back to the, yeah, let's go back to the domino effect mm-hmm. and um, pretty much the domino effect that led to the protests and stuff like that. So I feel like when people think of these protests, some of them may be asking why now or, like, um, they may be thinking it's coming from nowhere. And the matter of the fact is, it's not just a few deaths, it's not just a few cases of police brutality, it's essentially that racism is ingrained into America as a whole. Uh, The prison industrial complex, the mass incarceration system, the justice system, redlining, and uh, even in more relevant type matters, um, the disproportionate impact on black lives with the coronavirus, all of these things are built in a way that essentially racism is ingrained towards black and brown individuals, mainly black individuals in American societies. I mean, with the coronavirus example, you said almost one-third of infections nationwide have affected American, um, black Americans, according to the CDC. And even though black Americans only represent 13% of the U.S. population, nearly one-third of those who died across the country are black. Which, I mean, that that just shows an ingrained bias from just a statistical point. So things like this, they, they pile up and they, um, they're the reason for these protests and stuff, not just once in a while. Now we're going to move on to the debates, which is whether riots are justified or and understandable. On the side that says riots shouldn't happen. And um, I guess I'm more in support of the riots or lootings in terms of them being precedent um, pretty much expected in order for change to occur. All right. So for me, um, the first thing about riots is that for me, violence is never the answer. Like for me, violence is the question and the answer is no. Like you achieve nothing through violence. When you're fighting violence with violence, like you really don't achieve anything. This is just my personal opinion. And I think like when you're using violence to fight violence, it's just causing like more harm than and you're like using this system of injustice uh, that's like being put on to you and you're using the same just and you're stooping to the level of the people who aren't civilized, don't know anything. Like when you fight police brutality with brutality, it's not really going to go anywhere and there's no progress that's being made. Uh, secondly, when I think about like riots, I think that um, people should not be taking advantage of the protests that are happening to like for their own benefit, whatever they may be, because we mentioned white supremacists earlier. Those people, they're looting and they're rioting and they're not helping the cause. They're not helping like bring justice to George Floyd. In fact, they're distracting attention away from the protests. And when people click on a news article about uh, white supremacist looting instead of an article about the progress of the protests and how justice is being brought to George Floyd's death, it's pulling attention away from the protests. So I think those like lootings and riotings, they don't like bring anything to the cause. And lastly, I want to talk about how like more innocent people are getting hurt. Like George Floyd was innocent. His death is innocent. 
he is innocent himself. That should not have happened. Like, in a perfect world, we wouldn't be talking about this, but we don't live in a perfect world, and that's why we're talking about this. But, like, in my opinion, we should try to make this world as close to a perfect one as possible, and that includes not hurting innocent people. Like, a lot of people, a lot of small are having their stores sacked. I'm not talking about Target, because Target is definitely not, like, a small business. I'm talking about the other small businesses um, that are already on the brink of bankruptcy, due to COVID-19 and having other like people come in, breaking their stuff, looting their belongings, that's just going to add more to their pressure. And like, I, I know it can't be helped in this, like a situation like this, um, but I really think that these riots don't need to happen in order for change to happen. Like, more innocent people are getting hurt, and that should not be happening. I guess then, um, in su- essentially in support of the, once again, the riots slash lootings in terms of them being precedented and expected in order for change to occur. And so I have, like, a shit ton of points because I like talking, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can, like, break up my points and um, kind of, like, respond to them, and we can talk more about them mm-hmm. since, you know, we have to, a little bit of time. And so essentially my first point is that a granted violence shouldn't be the answer in a perfect society. But although there's no way to say that violence is inherently good, the truth of the fact is that violence wasn't really the first answer of the Black Lives Movement protests. Like there were other peaceful protests um, in the past which were equally scrutinized, such as like Kaepernick kneeling, things against the pledge, right? Mm-hmm. But those, those have been shown not to work. And honestly, I would love it if we lived in a society where peaceful protests were the things that worked. But we've seen in the past that in order to grant policy change, similar type protests, the ones that we are more towards of an aggressive type of protest, those are the ones that actually have granted policy change in the past. So like the examples of this are Stonewall, which although it was led in terms of LGBTQ rights, it was also centered around police brutality. And then the women's suffragette movement, we see that um, these more aggressive protests are the ones that actually get stuff done. And although that's grim to think about, the matter of the fact is that's the truth. Um, Aggressive protests are the ones that tend to work. And a peaceful protest tends to be the one that are, ones that are allowed and welcomed because they, they're the ones that have no impact on changing the status quo and really go against anything so people tend to be more all right with them. And peaceful protests are the ones that people tend to encourage more often. Mm-hmm. This is where our opinions diverge, evidently, because I, in my, maybe I'm just more optimistic, but I'm not about the current situation as you are. I still think that peaceful protests, although they might not be as effective, they're still like getting stuff done. Like there was a, like a, I think there was one particular protest that was like in Philadelphia that was like gigantic and it was like peaceful. I mean, like, no, the police weren't, like, attacking the protesters. Those big protests, they're getting stuff done. Like, this is where our opinions diverge. But I believe that if we grow up in an environment where protesting is, like, common and, uh, like, accepted, like, the new generation where people are electing, like, officials, presidents, like, legislators that actually believe in these change, feel like that will be a much better future. Granted, it will be a slower process, but it's going to be a process without violence. And it's going to be a process that's, although slower, but I personally feel like 
will have much less collateral damage. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I guess I see where you're coming in that stance. But uh, once again, I guess that's where our um, personality switch. You're more of an optimist and I'm more of a pessimist in the sense that um, I don't know if we should be leaving it up to future generations to change something that we could change now. And um, granted that maybe in the future, if we do peaceful protests, maybe decades from now, something will happen. But uh, between now and then, the police brutality, the racist society which America is built on, it's going to have some more damage than aggressive protests, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that um, concludes both of our opinions on that topic. Yeah. And um, yeah. I-, I can move on to, like, the next chunk of information that I want to babble about. Yes, please do before we start going off topic again. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, that's the goal. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I guess on top of that, um, I feel like when it comes to people um, talking about the rioting and looting and how bad the rioting and looting is, I think putting all of the efforts into talking about that, yeah, it's bad that like black people are being killed and disenfranchised at an impossible rate. But like when you start talking about like the property damage, or like oh no, the s- small businesses, sadly, uh, it just goes to show and undermine the important cause. And I feel like just because people tend to be uncomfortable with the way an oppressed community is protesting doesn't mean that they get to um, control it. The riots aren't really the problem we should be focusing on, and what we should be focusing on is the problem that's causing the riots. And when you riots, instead of focusing on the numerous amounts of black people being killed by police brutality and being subjected to a racially oppressive system, for decades upon decades. The only real happening, in my opinion, is that um, privilege is showing because to you, it's easier for you to connect with shopkeepers or um, small business owners. It's more likely for you to be that small business owner, you know? Like, people are more likely to sympathize with them, and in my opinion, that's why they think that those riots and lootings are bad because they can imagine themselves in those shoes. Whereas when you think about it, the stuff that black communities have been going through for decades upon decades, that's really so much impactful, in my opinion, black small businesses that have been impacted by the racist system. Like, that probably goes to outweigh the ones that are being impacted now, Mm -hmm. right? But I feel like since people can't put themselves in the shoes of the black community, as well as they can uh, put themselves into the shoes of um, shopkeepers, I think that might go to do something for that, too. And I feel like, in addition, by taking the spotlight away from um, the goal of the protests and starting to talk about petty property damage or lootings, people are really showing these things are what makes them more uncomfortable than the real issues. That is a very hard pill to swallow, but it is the truth, and I do agree with you. It's easier for me to put myself in the shoes of the small business owners than to be like in the shoes of the Black community. But as I, the way I think of it is because like the lootings are causing damage to innocent people, people who are innocent just like George Floyd, people who are who have never done anything wrong. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but I guess it's how there's there's a price mm-hmm. for everything. You know what I mean? The small I feel like people are now kind of talking about the small businesses and the lootings 
and I feel like it's almost reactionary to the um, protests that are going on. Think about the innocent people being hurt with that. So start considering the millions of black small businesses and stuff which have been greatly impacted at a much more negative scale in stuff like the coronavirus or just because of the racially oppressive system. That is true. And I feel like you're right. Like It's not um, anybody's fault for not being able to put themselves into the shoes of the black community. But I do think it's our fault for not being able to sympathize with them. And I feel like especially as Asian Americans, we have that whole... Uh, quote unquote yes, model minority mindset that some people may have <laughs> stereotype. Yeah, where historically we were we were handpicked to be the quote unquote model minority when we were brought in, whereas that's not what black individuals went through. So pretty much, I guess some Asian Americans think, oh, like we're discriminated against too, but we're able to not stoop to this quote unquote. Are you sure that's what some people level. think? Whereas. I mean, I, okay, when I say this, I mean, like, the oh old Asians, you know, I'm talking oh. about the, it, it, for, okay, since I'm brown, like, I'm Indian, right, I'm talking about the old Indian aunties that go around, like, you know, um, you know, I went to the same thing, but I haven't gone to this level, You see, right? the problem, people who have voting power right the now, the problem isn't as bad as the black people, but we also don't have a, we are. We also no, don't have the back. privilege of the white, so we don't get like shit on as much as the white people, and we also don't get like at the end point of the racist stick as much as the black people. We're we're stuck in the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess some Asian Americans, uh, they're like, yeah, we. They start thinking that since um, as an Asian American community, we also face racism because, I mean, you have the corona mm-hmm. bullshit going on with Central and Eastern That's Asians. True. And then the whole uh, Southern Asian Muslim bullshit going on as well. Like, I guess Asian Americans think that, oh, yeah, no, we're, we face racism too, but we don't do stuff like that. And I feel like then it becomes harder for Asians who are, especially older Asian Americans, to put themselves in the black community's shoes. And I guess that's my main point with this, that um, if what offends you is the riots and the lootings, instead of the years upon years upon years of um, racial oppression and impact to black lives and black small businesses and um, black families, if that's the thing that offends you more, I feel like there's a core problem in your um, privilege and your understanding mm-hmm. of the world, I guess. Right? Like, there's nothing wrong with you as a person or anything like that. There's just, I guess, the main reason for our differences in thinking is how we perceive the world in terms of that. Okay. I guess, um, and then on top of that, I kind of want to talk about how, uh, this kind of also goes into the whole, uh, how far black black communities have been pushed. So I guess I want to talk about how um, the people going to these protests, they, like, now go knowing that it is likely that they will be arrested, regardless of whether or not they're involved in any quote-unquote violence. And at this point, we have to consider that if people are willing to risk an arrest, which will likely go on their record and impact like for the foreseeable future, will impact whether or not they get into the college of the decision or whether or not they get a job. And if people are willing to risk that, then that means that they've been driven to a point where nothing else works and they've been cornered into a place where bearing those noted consequences is better than the alternative. And I feel like maybe just, like, thinking about that just goes to 
help contextualize the entire thing and show how small the riots and lootings really are in the overall picture, in my opinion. And it's not really a point in the debate itself, but I feel like it also has to be noted that at this point, the protests are pretty much being twisted into something resembling police propaganda. And I think that it's important to touch on that because you see pictures of cops kneeling with protesters or giving speeches with protesters and doing stuff like that, which is pretty much just a tactic to undermine the impact of the movement while the same cops pretty much go and turn around and start shooting rubber bullets or beating the shit out of the protesters, right? Or they issue tear gas to people while um, those people were typically remaining otherwise nonviolent, right? After their little photo op is done and they get their little picture, right? And I mean, like, the NYPD did this, and the DPD, they literally knelt with protesters. There's videos of them going around kneeling with protesters. And then, like, ten minutes later, they issued tear gas. And I feel like when it comes to that, that's just yet another way that this protest has been twisted into pretty much the exact opposite of what it's trying to accomplish. And I feel like that's yet another kind of, like, burden that people of minority communities have to when even when they're protesting against stuff, the message of the protest seemed to be clouded with ulterior mm-hmm. motives. But that is kind of like what a protest is, because you mentioned earlier that the uh, was it the Stonewall protest that had been like not just protesting about LGBTQ. Was that the one? Yeah, no, the Stonewall protest. What I meant when I was describing them is essentially they were. It was police brutality against people of LGBTQ standards. So instead of being police brutality against black communities, they were advocating for LGBTQ rights because they were being mm-hmm. brutalized okay, by okay. police. I got that. that, makes got sense. that. Yeah, that, that's what I was kind of trying to go across there, which probably got uh, captured up mm-hmm. in the rambling. All right, cool. understand that. I agree with the, yeah. I, agree, I do agree with your point on like the risk like of being arrested and... It, it, there are a lot of things that are like on the line right now and it is something that I admire about those people who do want to do like agree to go to the protests. Uh, I feel like this we're kind of getting a little bit uh, off topic on the like the subject of riot but I do like how we're still talking about the protests like yeah I mean I guess the reason I brought that up is um, just to contextualize how small, I guess, the riots and lootings really are, in my opinion, in the grand scheme of things, and how, I guess, they're precedented, because you're trying to fight back against something, uh, while the negatives of the way you're fighting back is really just a grain of salt, while the stuff you're fighting back against is like a whole damn fucking pitcher mm-hmm. of salt, you know? I guess that's my reasoning behind bringing that yeah, up. I see, I see. And I want to add a little bit yeah. on top of this, because uh, I was thinking, mm-hmm. um, I, because like if you thinking if you're talking about how like the police are using this as propaganda again, maybe it's because I'm optimistic, but I still do think that there are like still good cops out there that are like truly believe in the cause that the protesters are fighting for, because like pe- like police can't be all bad, like just that's just statistically not possible. And, like, protesters can't be all good. Again, that's just not statistically possible because humans are complex. We're not, like, black and white or, like, good or bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess when I'm saying that um, police propaganda, like, okay, sure, the individual policemen may be uh, trying to help, I suppose, by kneeling with the protesters. But you have to realize that they are the same uh, police that are going around and going right against their beliefs by supporting this corrupt system. Um, and I guess that also goes into the whole ACAB argument, all cops are bad slash bastards argument, which essentially, um, in my opinion, what that means is that although, of course, it's not statistically possible for all cops to be bad, it's pretty much saying that the system which these cops operate within, it's bad within itself. So by staying within the... Um, reins of this system. They're pretty much contributing to a racially oppressive society. And in doing so, their um, their outcomes are negative mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? So unless mm-hmm. you're a cop who is fighting the system from the inside in some way, shape, or form, or if you straight up, I, I think the easiest way is just quit your <laughs> job so you're not contributing to the racially oppressive system. Um, I believe the ACAB movement is talking about how, of course, not every cop is bad, but as a as a system, um, cops and powers such as that, as a system, they're inherently negative. And I guess that's also like the whole propaganda part. Like, granted, maybe not every single um, cop there is bad, but maybe the precinct is, uh, of course, going to be thinking about um, the system as a whole and trying to protect the environment of the system instead of just. You know, those cops themselves you know, what's really it. interesting is that in my English class, a um, student said something very similar to you. what you just said. Basically, what she said was, uh, the system is fucked up. A good cop is a cop that quits his job, and which is really interesting, but I don't really agree. Because I feel like cops do much, good cops would do much more good uh, if they're fighting the system from the inside and trying to, like, like work hard and like try to get change to happen, policies that like prevent police brutality, like from the insides, change people, maybe change the opinions of people who, of like racist people. I know it's gonna be hard because I'm optimistic, but I still believe that like one good cop can do like much more within the system trying to fight for equality than if he just gets, you know, depressed at the shit that's like after all he's seen and just straight up quits his job yeah i mean like i guess i get that point of view but uh i suppose that it just depends on how you think they're going to be effective and i do agree that it would be better for good cops to be able to um work from inside the system but the truth of the fact is the longer you stay in a racially oppressive system the more likely you are to pick up on those oppressive tendencies and the more likely you are to uh, contribute to those oppressive tendencies and i guess like again in, in a perfect world in an oppressive uh, fuck in an optimistic world i would you would love if people could fight from the inside and not just be manipulated by the corrupted system but i guess in my uh, pessimistic debbie downer fucking 70s slang debbie downer eyes um i guess i don't think that's something that's inherently possible but the people the cops who are able to do that like yeah fuck mm-hmm. cops to them right like they're gold stars they can get an a plus <laughs> or whatever the hell right but I, the the point is there's not a lot of them and oftentimes you can start off like essentially a cop can go in as like a fucking 
nerd into school or like go in completely uncorrupted and then they will probably come out like the fucking chick who goes around prostituting herself to everybody you know getting a little graphic mm-hmm, yeah, but you, know, understand you understand what, what saying. i'm saying right mm-hmm, yeah. like they'll go in innocent and they'll probably get corrupted by the racially oppressive system even if they themselves are not a bad person yeah i do get what you're saying yeah. oh we're getting a little all right now we're going to talk about thoughts on the future do you want to go first? Talk about, um, I guess the spillover of the entire uh, police brutality idea, and I guess the implications of all this stuff that um, the movement is fighting against. And so I guess the first thing is, uh, in police brutality, how when people in power, who are all members of the society which are supposed to be looked up to, and when these people don't get in trouble for merger or aggression, coming from a place of racist ideology, or really anything, um, when people look at these people uh, in power doing these things, they start to believe that they can do it themselves, too. Um, or it just, like, gives people the, that kind of mindset, yet another tool to weaponize against black individuals, which is practically, or at least particularly appalling, since this tool, the tool being the police, um, and since the police is supposed to be helping the communities that they're harming, and uh, you can see this with, once again, Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper's mom. Yeah. You see that when people look at people in power doing stuff like this, and the people in power being cops, I mean, they see them not getting in trouble for stuff like this, they're just more likely to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. That is kind of depressing to think about, because, you know, when people are, when the people in power have, like, no idea how influent, how they can influence the people, that are, like, not in power, especially, like, when I think about people in power, I think about teachers, because, like, I, we're in school right now, and, like, especially when a teacher talks political, like, he, he or she probably doesn't know how, like, influential they can be to their students, especially. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I guess I tend to give teachers a pass just because, I don't know, they're, they're getting fucked over a lot, man. Yeah, they're making, they're like, what, $2 a day? <laughs> I, I swear to God, sometimes it's just, I, I feel really shit for teachers, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get um certain teachers, like, she who shall not be named in our school, you know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know, and I know. you just start reconsidering everything, right? You and know, I guess it's the same thing with cops, not to bring it back to that, but I guess it is, right? Yeah, I guess it is. We're not going to go yeah. down that path. We should We're not going to equate that to that. I mean, like, sure, sure, teachers also... Um, what is it? They, they like donuts too, right? Mm-hmm. And and they also um, glare at you when you do stuff wrong. I guess <laughs> let's let's leave the comparisons at that and move on. I remember the time where you pissed off um, our physics teacher so much. He tried swinging a like uh, what is it? A he hammer at you? A fucking hammer. <laughs> he's like he looked me right in the eye and then he threw the hammer and I'm like um okay. And then that one time, he, he literally, like, I don't know what I did against him. No, but he, he just likes picking on you, and he held a bucket yeah, of water over his head. Yeah, innocent little me, and he <laughs> spun a bucket of water over my head, you know? And I was very tempted to knock it over, but I didn't, because I'm just that angelic of a person. Does he kind of deserve that hammer, though? You're kind of pissing him off. <laughs> oh, my God. I Okay, all I did... 
We've messed up his seating arrangement. That's it, okay? <laughs> I mean, all right, all right. Let's let's not diverge into the stupidity stuff that I've done because again, that could go on. Oh my for god! Hours. What time is it? Okay, pause. Yeah, yeah let's getting... go back to the. Yeah. Um, let's just mm-hmm. touch on like two more quick things before ending the podcast. Mm-hmm. And real quick before we talk about the fundraisers, let me just touch on one thing that I just think is the stupidest thing to come out of. The Black yes. Lives Movement, and that's the All Lives all Matter. Lives Matter. And exactly. I swear to God, it, it's the All Lives Matter movement is like the political manifestation of like a fucking toddler crying because they didn't get what they wanted, right? Like I gave this example a bit ago, where I feel like the people talking about All Lives Matter movement, they're pretty much like that one toddler who um doesn't get invited to everybody else's birthday party. And they're like, oh my god, why does the birthday boy get to have, like, two slices of cake? I want cake, too. Right? Or the whole analogy of, my house is on fire, I need to get it put out. And then your bitch-ass neighbor's parent comes out and she's like, yeah, no, I want my house down with water, too, right? Like, I think the people who talk about the All Lives Matter movement and say that the Black Lives Matter movement is fucking racist, first of all, <laughs> that's some shit, right? By mm-hmm. saying that the Black Lives Movement segregates. Black people, I mean, I, you know, sometimes I I really try to comprehend what the other side is trying to say, but I don't think I can. Like, my IQ will not drop down low enough to understand. (laughs) No, like, if you think about it as a toddler, it makes it easier. But, like, personally, how I think about it is people who just don't get enough attention and they want to make it about them. Like, you know... Um, sure, everybody as individual, you're important as an individual, but the truth is, your most people, like, that's outside of that community is not as impacted by this police brutality as much as the black community is. So I, yeah. you know, we should focus on making everyone equal first before we try to, like, you know, make sure yeah, all lives matter, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, like, nobody's saying all lives don't fucking matter. We're just saying that that's not the goal. That's not what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now, right? That's, like, honestly, it's so stupid that I don't think we should be wasting any more time talking about it other than just stating the dumbness of it. Yes, yes, we should definitely move on. Yeah, and I guess we can move on to um, the donation stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so, essentially, I feel like... um pretty much just a call out to fundraisers. I think you should people should be donating to their local bail funds, such as the Northwest Community Bail Fund or the Minnesota Freedom Fund, the similar ones in their community. Or like if you don't have money and you're broke like pretty much every millennial or Gen Z or if you're one of us, right? And you don't have money to donate to these things. You could go watch the latest video by this one chick on YouTube, Zoe Amira, so Z O E A M I R A. And she just posted, like, an hour-ish long video with media from black creators with a shit ton of ads. But, like, it's not annoying in this case because these ads are created in order to generate revenue, right? And 100% of the revenue from this video goes towards things like um, the Black Visions Collective, the Floyd Family GoFundMe, and um, the Reclaims of Black Fundraiser, and, like, pretty much just black activist fundraisers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's just another way to get involved if you personally don't have cash. Which, if you're not, like, a six-year-old white man, you probably don't, right? <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, another thing I would like to mention cause is that uh, since my mom is at Google, and I know a lot of the companies has been doing this like donation that's like a hundred match, which basically means that if you donate like two dollars, Google will also donate two dollars. So like if you're like doing this, man, yeah, I know, I know. Like I know they're like they have like twenty billion, but you know what? How does their twenty billion? They already donated twelve million. You know that's a lot already, right? Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, initiative on their part in terms of the fact that it will help raise mm-hmm. more money. Yeah. To fundraisers definitely so if anybody was doing stuff that's doing stuff like that which although i don't know if working people listen to podcasts anymore but you know if you do uh, <laughs> i'm you should probably look into whether or not your company does that mm-hmm. i just find that yep. that's like a good point like to remember when you're donating yeah definitely definitely okay right. I, I guess that's um the end of this somewhat destructive chaotic um Podcast. We're turtling all the way down the tunnel. You mean you mean turtling down? The, I'm sorry, I don't know this analogy <laughs> whatsoever. I, I guess it's only for the elevated people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Point is, um, thanks for sticking around for this somewhat chaotic podcast. Mm-hmm. And hopefully next week when we talk about whatever other topic it is, it's not as bad. Like I promise you, it will get better. Like it'll be slow. It will be somewhat of a progressive climax. You know, it'll take time. As Gen Z, you should know something about it. Is that we don't get better. We get less bad. Like, just just so you know. We never cross the threshold into good. It's just less bad. You know what? Progress is progress. And I'm just going to look at the upward slope instead of you know, mm-hmm, the negative exactly. aspects of everything. Alright. Right. Alright, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I guess that's it. That's it. Uh, I'm Cindy. I'm Shika, and this has been, this is why we're all depressed. I guess yes. that's how we, we're gonna end yes, it. Yeah, yes, okay, bye-bye. Alright, this is how we're gonna end it.